day. May God bless the reading of his word. Let's be standing, please. We want to once again welcome.
We began a study of Genesis, and Genesis is a great study. If I was telling my class that uh, if you know three books in the Old Testament, you ought to know Psalms, Isaiah, and Genesis. Uh, Too many times we sort of relegate Genesis to our children's classes and think that it's children's stories. Wrong. They're very much adult stories. And if you've never studied Genesis as an adult and really dug down deep, I invite you to come and be a part of Bible classes next week. Uh, This week we looked at the first creation account, which is in Genesis chapter 1. I'm going to read a portion of that, the the creation of what happened on the sixth day. And uh, since this is a little bit longer than our normal reading, we're going to allow you to stay seated for this, and then we'll stand for the song that follows. Genesis chapter 1, verse 24. And God said, Let the land produce living creatures according to their kinds, livestock, creatures that move along the ground, and wild animals, each according to its kind. And it was so. God made the wild animals according to their kinds, the livestock according to their kinds, and all the creatures that move along the ground according to their kinds. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, Let us make man in our image, in our likeness, And let them rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air, over the livestock, over all the earth, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So, God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air and over every living creature that moves on the ground. Then God said, I give you every seed-bearing plant on the face of the whole earth and every tree that has fruit with its seed in it. They will be yours for food. And to all the beasts of the earth and all the birds of the air and all the creatures that move on the ground, everything that has breath of life in it, I give every green plant for food. And it was so. God saw all that he had made, and it was very good. And there was evening, and there was morning, the sixth day. The Word of God. Would you bow with me, please? Father, thank you for the quietness of this moment. We thank you for your presence here among us. Father, just as we can bow our heads and perhaps close our eyes and still be aware that there are other people in this room, as we bow our heads, we are aware that you are here too. We pray, Father, that as we turn our hearts to you, that our souls will open to you, that your strength and your power will begin to fill us. Father, for where we are wounded, where we have rebelled, we pray for your mercy. We pray for your healing. We pray, Father, for your comfort. Most of all, Father, we just pray that as we sit here 
for these next few minutes. And then as we rise to leave, that we will know that we walk hand in hand with you, that you are with us. We pray this through Jesus. Amen. My goal for the next few moments is us simply to enjoy what we're doing here. The fact that we are here, the fact that we have set aside a few more moments to spend in the presence of God. We read the account of the creation of the sixth day. And if you were in Bible class, you heard that that was sort of the pinnacle day of creation. That's where it all came together. That's where it really all got going. That after the sixth day, creation was complete, and it got busy. Now, we as humans are the product of the sixth day of creation in more ways than one. You know, as time went by and we entered into the period of time that we now call the Enlightenment, and as science became more detailed and we gained greater knowledge and insight into this universe and developed the scientific method of exploring the world around us, more and more we began to realize that there are natural laws in place, that, that pretty much things keep going the way that they've been going and they will continue going. And it's to our advantage to know those laws and to cooperate with those laws. And in fact, it became a time of great activity among humanity because people figured out that if you cooperate with this universe and work according to its laws, you can accomplish a lot. Look at how much technology has been developed over the past 200 years, especially as compared to all the time that was before that. Many of our founding fathers subscribe to a religion that is really no longer recognized much. It is called deism. And deism believed that very thing, that God created everything, but he sort of made it like a big clock. And he wound it up, and now he doesn't have to be involved anymore because creation, this clock of creation, just kind of keeps on going. Benjamin Franklin was a deist. And it's Benjamin Franklin that talked to us so much about being productive people. If you've read Poor Richard's Almanac, or certainly I know you've heard quotes out of it, you know that he was always pushing us, roll up your sleeves and go to work. That has served this nation well. This nation has become great producers and even in this time where, you know, for a while we were afraid Japan was going to be our undoing. Now we're worried that China is the undoing of our economy. Even in this time, I just heard a report not long ago that, that the American worker is still the most productive person upon the earth. That as an average, we as Americans know what it means to go to work. We know what it means to be busy. We know what it means to be productive. And it served us well. However, it can also be our undoing. In chapter 1, we read about the creation of the universe and the creation of our world. And as we come to the end of the chapter, 
we're told to get in there and get busy, subdue the earth, rule over the earth, and then the chapter ends. That's interesting. You you know these chapters in the Bible are not inspired. Did you realize that? That when the Bible was written, it wasn't written in chapters. It was written in books, but the books just all kind of flowed together. And one day, someone was trying to sell Bibles. They were printing Bibles, and they said, you know, if we printed a Bible that had chapters in it, people might buy our Bible. And so this printer, not a Bible scholar, went through the Bible and chopped it up into chapters so that people could say, well, if you want to read about that story, you can read it in Genesis chapter 12. Well, the problem is, he didn't know where to divide the chapters, And it's very unfortunate that chapter 1 ends where it does. Because if we only hear the message that we have been created to be busy and productive, then we are going to be far less human beings and far less than God created us to be. Let's listen to the rest of the story. Not only that we have been created as the pinnacle of God's creation. Not only have we been created with intelligence, not only have we been created with drive, not only have we created, been created to go out and do something, but there is another purpose for which we were created as well. Chapter 2, verse 1. Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all their multitude... And on the seventh day, God finished the work that he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all the work that he had done. So God blessed the seventh day and hallowed it, because on it, God rested. Some of it. Someone made a phone call?
That was Barbara, wasn't it? Thankful for our medical people that are a member of this congregation and for the way y'all respond to situations like that. Uh, Let's say a quick prayer for Barbara. I'm sure that they have an ambulance coming to take her and get her some more help, but let's pray for her. Father, we're thankful that you're a God who cares for us and watches over us, and we lift up our sister Barbara to you right now. Uh, Obviously, she is having health difficulties, and we don't know what those are, but we know that you do. We pray for your strength and for your healing. Pray for an awareness of your presence in her life, and for those who will be caring for her, we pray that you will guide them as well. We pray this through Jesus. Amen. Let's go ahead and use the last moments for this to uh, finish up on chapter 2. As we read Genesis chapter 2 and we complete the creation account, we read that God blessed the seventh day. He made the seventh day holy because he rested on the seventh day. The idea of Sabbath and the idea of rest is God's call and his permission to break free from the tyranny of the sixth day. In the sixth day, we are called to be busy. On the seventh day, we are called to be set free and to rest. It's the seventh day that calls us to escape the busyness and the productivity and to use some time to simply be and to experience the fellowship with the Creator. The Sabbath is an act of trust. To be able to step aside from what we normally do during the week and to put all of that aside and to simply rest is an act of trust. It's an act that trust will take, God will take care of us and that we can actually sacrifice and waste some time that we don't have to use every moment of every day for ourselves. I'm reminded of a story that occurred in Exodus when the children of Israel were leaving the land of Egypt and as they were headed toward the land of promise and that that in that journey they began to worry about not having enough food and God provided manna for them. Do you remember how many days they were to go out and to gather manna? Only six and they were to trust on that seventh day that God would provide, that God would give them the food that they needed for that day as well. And for us to realize that a part of the rhythm of God's creation is this concept of stopping as well as going, of resting as well as working. That's an act of trust that God can provide and will. The idea of rest and Sabbath is a reminder that our life is not simply composed of our feverish activities, but it's also to be enjoyed as the gift that it is. Young folks, beware. You can spend so much of your time building a life that you never have time to enjoy that life. The Sabbath is a return to equality. You know, we work differently. The rich work differently from the poor. But they all rest the same. The successful work differently from the unsuccessful. But they all rest the same. 
And the Sabbath is a foretaste of the sanity that God is bringing into our lives. And it's also a foretaste of heaven itself. For it is in heaven that we will enjoy the eternal Sabbath rest where we constantly worship the Lord and realize who he is. Well, now, some of you may be thinking, okay, well, Tommy, you're talking about Sabbath. You're talking about the seventh day. The seventh day is Saturday. We worship on Sunday. There's a lot different. All of this sort of went away in the Old Testament. This is Old Testament stuff, not New Testament stuff. And we certainly realize that in the New Testament, the requirement to set aside one day of rest and a requirement to set aside one day for worship has been removed. Maybe God thought by that time we had enough sense to know that we needed it. We know that when Jesus came along and in his ministry, that he got in trouble a lot over what was going on with the Sabbath because the people had made the Sabbath so much work in and of itself that, that he said, you know, you've, you've missed the point that the Sabbath was created for you. You weren't created for the Sabbath. It was given to you as a gift. Enjoy it. Slow down and stop. He also went on to say that he is the Lord of the Sabbath. That in him the Sabbath has found its completion. And that as we come into Jesus Christ, that we begin to realize who we are and what we were created for And we come to know the God, the God who is productive, the God who is active, but we also come to know the God of rest. You have made a good choice today to come here and to sit and to be a part of this group for an hour and to give God your heart and your attention, to allow him to repair the damages of the week, to allow him to open you once again to knowing more about him, to give you the strength and the energy that you need for this week. God bless you for realizing that just as you need to work, you also need to rest. I read a story one time that was written by Philip Yancey. Uh, He's one of my favorite authors. Many of you here I know have read Philip Yancey books. And he tells a story about a man that's a hero of his named Paul Brand. Paul Brand was a doctor who gave much of his life to medical missions in India. And toward the end of Paul Brand's career in life, Philip Yancey was able to go back to India with Dr. Brand and go around and see many of the places where he had worked and to meet many of the people that he had worked with. And one man in particular that he worked with that that impressed Philip Yancey was a man named Sedan. And Sedan had had leprosy at a very young age. And Sedan invited uh, Philip Yancey to come in and sit down and gave him a glass of tea. And they began to talk about things. And he began to tell him his story about as he developed leprosy on his hands and on his feet and was unable really to to walk and and to be around people and, and how the kids at school would make fun of him and they would throw rocks at him how that the bus driver would literally kick him off the bus, how that even when he went to medical facilities that the doctors would keep their distance from him, would not touch him, and they would ask him to leave so that he would not spread his contagion to others. 
And then he went on to tell the story of meeting Dr. Brand and how Dr. Brand and his wife were the first people in years that actually touched him. Now, not touched him emotionally, physically. And he says he can still feel what it felt like when they took his ulcerated feet into their hands and began to bathe them and began to put ointment on them and to begin to medicate them. He went on to detail all that had happened during his treatments. The tendon transfers, the nerve strippings, the toe amputations, even the cataract removal that Dr. Brand's wife, who was an ophthalmologist, did. And then it said as they cataloged the suffering that he had gone through and as they sipped their last cup of tea, and just before Philip Yancey was leaving to catch his plane to England, this amazing man made this astonishing statement. He said, still, I have to say that I am now happy that I had leprosy. Because if I had not had leprosy, I would have probably been a normal man with a normal family, chasing wealth and a higher position in society. I would have never come to know such wonderful people as Dr. Paul and Dr. Margaret Brand. But even more importantly, I would have never come to know my God. We do not come to know God in our busyness. We come to know God when we set aside those times in our life to be quiet and to listen and to hear. May God bless you this morning. May God bless you with his healing spirit. For we come here as damaged individuals. We come here with hurts of our own. May he touch you today with his healing hand. We come here discouraged about many things in our life. May truly his spirit of comfort and of encouragement reach into your heart as you sit here quietly in his presence. We come here needing his strength to face another week. May his power live within you as you quietly sit before him. Let's stand and sing.